Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an island surrounded by water, big water, ocean water. Trust me, I'm like a smart person. I'm very consistent. I'm a very stable genius. I had the best words. Tolerated. I know words. Mike Pounds. I hope they now go and take a look at the oranges, the oranges of the uh, uh, investigation. But there's no better word than stupid. And anomalous, really anomalous. I'm very highly educated. One of the wettest we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. And the best words. God bless the United States. Around the nation, Waldorf Nation. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the show. Uh, got a good one for you uh, here today. Uh, I'm still working on this uh, stuff, but uh, hey, I've got a ticker uh, and also a monitor in my view screen. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> so uh, we got a good one, a good one for you all today. Uh, we're going to start out by making fun of Eric Trump uh, and his inability to know how to schedule tweets. That's always fun. Uh, then we are going to talk about, of course, the ACA. That's really important. Uh, the ACA is in, uh, in in court now. Hmm. Fascinating. ACA uh, in court. Uh, and also, uh, well, first I'm going to talk about the case that they have against the ACA and whether or not it will actually work. So that's an interesting conversation. Uh, you know, I'm going to break that down. And um, maybe give you a little hope. Then we're going to go uh, to election stuff. Uh, we've got Tucker Carlson, uh, who is saying, we might not be able to overturn Donald Trump after all. Or overturn the election for Joe Biden after all and install Donald Trump. Uh-oh. Uh, we've got that. Uh, we've got uh, Pompeo's smooth transition. Uh, and Donald Trump... Uh, basically screws over migrants on his way out. So we have got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Uh, please like and share the stream. I got a, I got a ticker. I made a ticker. So it looks like crap, but it works. <laughs> uh, so we've got that. Um, also, I don't know if you all notice. I'm sure some of you who are, you know, using headphones and all that, uh, you might notice that it sounds a little crisper, a little cleaner. So I went through to try to make the listening experience just a little bit better. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, so that said, um, it's Tuesday. Why don't we jump into the stories? Starting with uh, the dumb one. <laughs> It's no secret that Eric Trump is the dumbest Trump kid. I mean, and so when he tweeted out 
a plea to urge people to vote for his father. Not on November 3rd, but on November 10th. Nobody was all that surprised. Uh, now, in a tweet that was quickly deleted, the second eldest Trump spawn told people in Minnesota to get out and vote, uh, which is funny. I'll, I'll show you the tweet here because on the internet, everything lasts forever. So there's that. Um, here you go. Minnesota, get out and vote. 7.30 a.m., 11.10.20. Oops. What are the 23.1K like? Who, who is liking this? They're like, yes. Yes, Minnesota, get out and vote for Donald Trump. That would be voter fraud. The election is over. It's over. It's over. But, again, a lot of people had a lot of different explanations for this. Uh, for one, mainly, like, you scheduled it for the wrong Tuesday, you, you, you potato. What is wrong with you? Like, okay... You're, you're not a smart person. Um, and look, the reason that I say, he, you know, this is a scheduling error is because he actually had a lot of calls uh, in, in different states to vote for Donald Trump, uh, to vote for his dad. So it's not that he's like, ooh, this morning getting out his phone and being like, you should vote for Donald Trump and commit voter fraud. No, no. Um, nonetheless, that did not stop people from making fun of him for his uh, inability to figure out the schedule tweet button. Uh, now, especially since, by the way, Biden crushed in Minnesota, having gotten 3 million more votes than Donald Trump did. So that that's a pretty big margin of victory, I would say. Uh, crushing it. All right, so first tweet here uh, is from Nick Zerwis. says, it's just me or is this the longest election day ever? It's like Groundhog Day, but worse. Somehow. Meg Maker says, scheduled post, somebody picked the wrong Tuesday. And that same somebody, by the way, is probably getting fired. Guaranteed. Emmanuel uh, says, Eric Trump has come unstuck in time. Hmm. Mm. For anybody not familiar, that is a good Babylon 5 reference. I love it. That's why I had to, I had to talk about that one. You know it. Uh, because I am that big of a dork. Santa Claus CEO says, For those wondering, I've concocted an elaborate scheme where I placed Eric Trump into a Truman Show-like environment. Yet he lives Election Day 2020 over and over like Groundhog Day. Oh, that sounds horrible and somewhat entertaining. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Would you watch it? I'd watch it. Okay, anyway, that was creepy. Um, Matthew Smith said, Does Minnesota... Land in the stop the count or count the vote category. They just can't figure it out. They just couldn't figure it out. Um, and then finally, of course, uh, Josh Jordan saying, when you schedule the tweet, but it's already after dad lost the election. Oops. Sad. <laughs> just, you know, it's just fun because sometimes we just got to take a step back. And uh, mercilessly ridicule the Trump family. So, can do that a lot. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, now let's go to something a little bit more serious. Uh, now that I got some fun out of the way, uh, let's talk about the ACA uh, and the Supreme Court challenge. It gets a little complicated, so just just kind of stick with me on that. <clears throat> despite the loss of Donald Trump during Election Day, um, in a way that is pretty definitive, uh, the American people sent a message saying, we don't want Donald Trump messing with health care. Uh, we would actually prefer, as a lot of exit poll, uh, 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 exit poll uh, shows, or exit poll show, uh, that, uh, you know, this, this was taken during the election, by the way, 72% uh, of Americans support a Medicare for all type of single payer system uh, that is government run sponsored health care. Uh, that said, the ACA is clearly not government run and sponsored health care, uh, but nonetheless, it is a step towards that system. And as such, most Americans do not want the administration to get rid of it. That said, that's exactly what the administration is trying to do. Uh, they're actually making their last try in the U.S. Supreme Court to end Obamacare. 
Now, that, of course, could cancel the health care of millions of Americans uh, in the midst of a pandemic. That's not a good situation. As not a fan of the ACA I am, uh, well, I mean, it's still better than nothing. And why would you want to take away health insurance in the middle of a pandemic unless you're, of course, trying to kill people? It's ridiculous. Uh, now, this case is appropriately named California versus Texas because, of course, the most American thing ever. Uh, and and what's happened is that actually this case has been going on for quite some time. Uh, and it just happens to be now, right after the election, that it ends up going to the Supreme Court. Right now, they're currently making closing arguments uh, in favor of the ACA. And so now this has bounced around the lower courts for some time. And what's at the heart of it is basically the individual mandate. Now, the individual mandate, you all know, is both simultaneously the most unpopular thing about the law, but also was necessary for the law to work as intended, uh, as to not, of course, set up a, a, what we call a death spiral. Uh, so what it is, is that you charge a tax, basically, or a penalty um, that's added to your tax bill uh, for people not buying insurance. Now, look, again, you guys know I believe in Medicare for all. I, I think the system that the ACA sets up is half-hearted and a bit ridiculous uh, and overly complicated and overly weighted in favor of corporations, uh, of insurance companies. That's why I want to have a single-payer government-sponsored insurance like Medicare for all, which, again, is incredibly comprehensive and is cheaper than what we have now. Everybody gets insurance at birth. Nobody can get discriminated against for pre-existing conditions. Uh, everybody gets insurance. Everybody gets healthcare free at the point of service. Okay, that said, the ACA does not work that way. All right, if you can't afford insurance, but you still to, uh, make too much to get Medicaid, then you are charged a penalty on your taxes. And the penalty, and those are the people that are unfortunately hurt by the ACA. Now, most people get their uh, insurance through work. Uh, I am an independent contractor, so people like me do not have that luxury of being able to get their insurance through work. That's why I'm currently uninsured, uh, because it is too expensive, and yet I make too much money uh, to get state benefits. And so people like me were charged the ACA penalty, right? Since, again, we can't afford insurance. And actually taking that penalty was less expensive than getting insurance throughout the year, at least for somebody who is healthy. Uh, and again, I understand the whole point of insurance is what if something happens? So it's one of those things. And a lot of people, I'm going to guess they also took the same kind of gamble that they were going to be healthy, that nothing was going to happen to them to avoid the uh, just insanely expensive private insurance, even if it was subsidized by the markets. That said, that insurance penalty, or I'm sorry, that penalty for not having insurance on your taxes is incredibly relevant. That is at the heart of this case today. Uh, so what happened back in 2012, and this was challenged twice in Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court in a 5-4 decision with the liberal justices, uh, with Roberts being the swing vote, um, he said that the individual mandate would be ruled as a tax. And so what the Republicans did is they questioned the constitutionality of that law, specifically hinging on the individual mandate and whether or not they can basically tax people or charge people a penalty for not buying a private good, right? Which is insurance. Well, since it was ruled to be a tax, it allows the government to be able to do that. And that's the way it was ruled back in 2012. That is actually what saved the AC8 from getting thrown out uh, in court in the first place. Now, in 2017, since they failed again to get rid of the ACA uh, through Congress, you know, the famous John McCain thumbs down, well, they decided to take the individual mandate and basically zero it out. So you take it from, I believe it was uh, a certain percentage of your income or $700, and it might have been for like the first couple of years, and then it gradually increased. Um, they decided to take that and say, no, 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 we're just going to go zero it out. We're done. We're done. Okay. 
Now, that said, when they did that, they opened up another way, avenue, to go and remove the law, to eliminate the law, okay? And so they say that, well, I, I mean, since the, the penalty is zero now, well, then you can't, it, you can't look at it as a tax. That's kind of a ridiculous argument because, well, I mean, uh, just because it's zeroed out doesn't mean it cannot be considered to be a tax. I mean, look, uh, it's a tax. Even though Jeff Bezos doesn't pay it, it's still technically a tax. It's just that somehow through his loopholes, through his tricksy accounting, he doesn't have to pay it, right? In this case, Congress basically said, no, nah, we're going to just lower it down to nothing, uh, even though it's still a tax, even though we couldn't get rid of it, we're just going to make it negligible, a 0% tax. Okay, so now they argue now that, well, we don't think it's a tax anymore because it's nothing. Well, that means the 5-4 decision that was made by John Roberts uh, as a swing vote and the liberals in the court, well, that doesn't apply anymore. So we should just throw out the whole ACA uh, because the one thing that was keeping it in place, I'm no longer considering that a tax. In fact, Texas argues, quote, the ACA contains an unconstitutional uh, command that can no longer be saved as a tax. So, but hold on here. Again, it's just, it's still a tax. It's just zero dollars. And you can actually change that to, what if you put it as $1? then it could still be considered a tax. And the, 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 the ability for them to be able to change it up and down means that it, they're still able to use it as a tax. It, they can just change the amount. And, and so it, it seems like a pretty ridiculous argument. Uh, now, 18 states, however, disagree. They say that, well, since it's zero, it's not a tax, uh, and we should just throw out the whole law. Understand, this is complicated. This is like pretzel-ass logic, okay? From what I understand, though, about court cases, and I'm not a lawyer, but I understand that if you're going to bring a lawsuit against something, you have to have some sort of standing, right? So now you could say, look, uh, and this is what the 2012 case was on. Okay, I'm getting charged this money, this, this penalty for not buying a private good. Well, I, I'm being hurt by this financially. I shouldn't have to pay this. I shouldn't be forced to uh, to buy a public uh, to buy a private good, right? If I don't want to, and that's what it lynched in. Right? That's that, that was the linchpin of this entire case. Well, now the individual mandate is zero dollars. What standing do you have? How are you hurt financially by paying nothing? You don't have standing. You don't have standing, and so it feels like that this is just another desperate shot in the dark in order to get rid of Obamacare, in order to stick it to both Obama and Biden, uh, especially when they don't have anything to replace it. The Republicans literally do not have a plan to replace this. Uh, Donald Trump's executive orders on pre-existing conditions are both toothless and not comprehensive. And so it would, really wouldn't be much of a replacement to the flawed ACA that we have now. And so now there's the other thing that goes against the Republican case. And that's the fact that Congress did intend for the law to continue even without a penalty. Now, look, functionally, and understand that the court standard is, is, is that Congress's intent is the most important consideration for the court when deciding whether a law can be severed from something that may be considered unconstitutional, which would be that individual mandate. So can the law exist without the individual mandate? Well, Yes and no. So here's what I'm looking at, okay? So now the law was designed with an individual mandate in order to allow insurance prices to stay low. Now, obviously, uh, that doesn't necessarily work uh, because insurance can, you know, since they have the ability to raise their rates anytime without price controls, they can just go, I don't care about your mandate. I'm still going to raise prices because I want to make more profit. All right, and plus, since we're getting subsidized by the government, we're just going to end up taking more government money, uh, more taxpayer money. And so we're going to get fat and rich off this. So that's one of my main problems with the ACA is that it's just a giant corporate giveaway.
Uh, but the problem is when you don't have the mandate, at least this is what proponents of the ACA are arguing, is that, well, without the mandate, they're going to raise prices even more. And so it's going to get to a point of where it's basically unaffordable, which it already is. Um, it's unaffordable for people. And it brings us into a bit of a death spiral where healthy people without that mandate will choose not to do that since they're not fined. They're not given this. And using fine is kind of like a a, a, a misnomer here. It's, again, considered to be a tax, a tax penalty. If they're not going to, you know, uh, get insurance and would rather pay that penalty, well, then you're going to cause a situation where only older and sick people, because they need that health insurance and health care, will be able to get insurance, and that will price inevitably price some of them out of the system. And so that's what that whole death spiral is. Uh, and so policy-wise, that's a terrible policy, because you can have a system that's unaffordable for the vast majority of Americans, uh, and also companies for, for uh, you know, as well. Because a lot of companies, they have to scale back on how much they spend on health insurance, because especially if you're a small business, you can't necessarily afford to insure your employees. Again, that's why where a Medi uh, Medicare for All system would actually be incredibly beneficial, because it takes the onus off of small business, as well as off of individuals. And so that's a bit of a problem here, okay? And so, nonetheless, that's policy-wise. Constitutionally, that's the other situation here. And again, I'm not a constitutional law uh, scholar, nor am I a lawyer or anything like that. But from what it seems is that the Republicans can't seem to make a case that you can't just separate that out and have the ACA exist without the individual mandate. Again, functionally, it works better if you have a mandate even though it's super, super unpopular, uh, functionally. But the law can exist without it because what it is, it basically, the ACA is just a set of uh, setting up insurance exchanges and giving subsidies to insurance companies. And the whole point of the mandate was, again, an attempt to keep prices lower. And so I would say with that in mind, functionally, yes, um, it's going to be harder for the law to actually function without the individual mandate, but constitutionally, it doesn't seem to run afoul. Again, from my understanding of this. Uh, and so it does seem like a bit of a long shot um, based on, again, precedents from the intent of Congress, again, was to allow this to be able to continue without that mandate. So again, super long shot, right? Um, but again, there's, there's two different conversations, as I was pointing out. All right. So that said, uh, the good news here is, as the Washington Post reports, this is a super weak challenge. Advocates across the ideological spectrum, even those who opposed the Affordable Care Act in the past, say that this is the law's weakest challenge and that the court will have to agree to three different issues in order to reach Trump's goal of eliminating the Affordable Care Act. Uh, one of them... Actually, here are the three questions, and I and I, I pretty much addressed all of these, uh, but basically boiled down, do the challengers have legal standing? Do these 18 states plus two individuals that filed the suit, do you have standing? Now, I would say, again, no, because you're not paying anything into the individual mandate because it's been zeroed out by Congress. So you have no standing. You can't really argue that this law has harmed you. All right. Um, the second, right, was did the changes made by Congress in 2017 render unconstitutional the ACA's requirement for individuals to buy insurance? I mean, I would say, again, it's still there. The mandate is there. It's just zero dollars. Legally, it didn't remove the requirement. Uh, and it didn't render it unconstitutional. It just made it so that people didn't have to pay it. So on a legal framework, on a legal basis, it doesn't seem to have really done anything. If anything, they, they basically just zeroed out one of the most unpopular parts of the law. 
so that people are like, oh, well, I mean, I can get insurance I, I, or I cannot get insurance uh, and I don't have to pay a penalty. Well, that was my main bitch with this law to begin with. So I guess I'm okay with the rest of it. I mean, I really like uh, that my kids can stay on their insurance until they're 26. Uh, and I really like the protections for pre-existing conditions. So I guess I'm more in favor of the law. Thanks, Congress. And then uh, the, the other part of, again, is could the law be separated out or, or not? Uh, and if it's not, can we just chuck out the whole law? And that's what they're trying to argue. And as I understand, that case is focusing on the last question. Can you actually separate this thing out? We're going to have to see if they can do that. Again, my personal preference here is Medicare for all. But we don't live in that world. Bernie Sanders didn't win. We have a Congress that is wholly bought by pharmaceutical uh, companies and health insurance corporations uh, who give millions and millions of dollars to politicians in order to block things like Medicare for all. We have Joe Biden, who basically is putting forward a public option once he gets sworn in. Uh, and I don't even know if that's in the first 100 days. I don't know if that's part of the plan. I don't, I don't really trust that he's going to make that uh, big of a change to the ACA. Uh, and so the other question is the Supreme Court. And this is really the issue. Even though it is a super weak challenge, we're going to see whether or not the Supreme Court now with a 60 conservative supermajority is, is this going to be a group full of activist partisan judges who will rule against the ACA because they're conservative and hate the ACA? Or are they going to actually look at the constitutionality of the argument and the weaknesses and strengths of the argument? But again, as I've laid out, it seems like a Hail Mary super weak argument. Uh, and so if the court does rule against the ACA and rules to have it unconstitutional and, and does not allow the separation of the mandate from the rest of the law, then we'll know exactly what kind of court we're dealing with. We'll know that they are indeed 100% without a doubt activist conservative judges. And well, when, if we know that, if that happens, well, then we'll know what to do in the future. And that's stack the goddamn court. Pack it full because we cannot trust the court to make any sort of fair rulings. So there's that. <clears throat> so here's what we're going to do. Uh, real quick, I am going to uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to read off some uh, Super Chats, if I have any, um, which I don't know. I, I can't see. Uh, but also, <laughs> thanks some channel members, thanks some patrons, and we'll come back uh, and do more stories. We've got Tucker Carlson coming up next. Uh, what's he got to say? about electoral fraud. Mm, mm. We'll talk about that right after this quick break around the nation. I will eat your ass. It's like a shark, NATO, except the poop. I have not loved this conversation. Welcome back to the show, Round the Nation right here, Waldorf Nation, Jeff Waldorf here with you. Uh, all right, so a um, couple of uh, comments first before I get into uh, donos as well as channel memberships and all that. Uh, Tris305 says uh, over on Twitch, can we boycott his picks if they're Republicans? Uh, I don't think that there's a mechanism that we can do that, but we can certainly show up in March uh, and... Uh, try to push him through civic action. Uh, that's really the best that I can hope for. Um, and look, you know, some politicians are definitely responsive to civic action, uh, as we have definitely seen. So uh, that would be something that I would at least try. Um, that said, thank you to everybody. 
who is watching on Twitch, please like and share the stream. Uh, also, follow us for more videos, for more streams. Uh, in fact, later on today, I'm not sure when, but later on today, probably around 7, uh, maybe 8 o'clock, I will be streaming Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So that just came out. I'm really excited about that. So uh, if you want to join me for that gaming stream, uh, that would be fantastic. So especially since now I've set up a situation where I can read comments, uh, read donos, all that stuff uh, during the live stream. So it's super, super exciting. Uh, all right. So now uh, Super Chats. Let's go to that. Um, Trevor Watson uh, with the incredibly kind $5. Uh, thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Uh, Weary Pirates, thank you uh, for that dono of $2. Uh, keep it the great work. Appreciate it. Uh, Sarge Tech, again, with the incredibly five uh, uh, kind $5. Uh, thank you. Uh, how's the new system coming? Actually, it's doing pretty good. Uh, it is doing pretty good. And so um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm continuing to work on to try to get it better. Um, is the Chiron new? Uh, yes. Uh, again, I've been working on this. I I've started messing around with OBS uh, instead of working with, with what I usually work with. Uh, and OBS is, there's a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that I can do uh, with OBS that I couldn't do the other system, or at least didn't know how to do. And so, uh, sorry, Jake, you might want to refresh uh, the system here. Uh, Adrian Benningfield, I got that as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving in to uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I didn't... I, I finished Origins. I thought Origins was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Uh, never finished um, the other one, though. Uh, the one following. So, I know, I know. Um, nonetheless, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm looking forward to getting into Valhalla. So, there's that. Uh, let's see. Patrons, go to patrons. Uh, I want to thank uh, Tommy uh, for the year-long sub. That's something that you can do uh, instead of, of course, doing it month by month. You can give uh, one donation for the entire year of membership, which is super awesome. Uh, and then uh, I also want to thank uh, Karen Brindle. So thank you for signing up to become a patron. Uh, Patreon.com slash Jeff Waller. That's how you can sign up to support the show. Uh, all that stuff, super handy in that uh, in that ticker down there. I, I have a I have a fucking ticker. Pretty nice. <laughs> uh, channel memberships, uh, Raven Hawk and Claude Ellis. So thank you for becoming channel members as well and supporting independent progressive media. Uh, thank you, Tab. Appreciate that. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's go to Tucker Carlson. And a move that signifies some sort of acceptance of Biden winning the election, while also, of course, uh, walking a tightrope between the conspiracy theories on the right of massive voter fraud and the acceptance of the election, Fox host Tucker Carlson has conceded at least one point, that Biden's victory, his margin of victory, is just too insurmountable for any allegations of fraud to install Donald Trump as president for a second term. Uh, in fact, here's what he said on his show about that last night. Take a look. At this stage, the fraud that we can confirm does not seem to be enough to alter the election results. We should be honest and tell you that. Of course, that could change. But changing the election results is not the whole point. The real point is that fraud took place, and that should horrify us. If you want people to believe that our system is real, that our system is worth, say, joining the military and dying to protect, then you've got to get to the bottom of what just happened and you've got to do it as quickly and responsibly as you can. You can't have fraud in an election because no one will believe in elections and then things fall apart. The point isn't that we need to keep investigating until Donald Trump wins. That is not the point. 
The point is, we need to find out what happened so that the rest of us believe the system is real. And to make that happen, Congress ought to investigate every meaningful claim of illegal voting. Every legitimate claim that is raised must be investigated. Would that become a circus? Of course. Would a congressional hearing on voter fraud descend inevitably into partisan posturing? What do you think? Yeah, it's guaranteed. But there's no choice. It's still worth it. An investigation like that, a federal investigation, would produce facts. And we need facts. He's right. We, we need facts. And the fact is that right now, there really isn't any credible instances of voter fraud that's investigated. I mean... What could you confirm? The, the voter fraud that we could confirm. What voter fraud? In Michigan, the evidence that they brought in several court cases that are currently ongoing uh, and, and some that have been outright dismissed, one of the pieces of evidence was a literal post-it note written by an alleged unnamed poll worker. Did that poll worker exist? I don't know. I, nobody knows. No, nobody knows. Because... That poll worker, they won't reveal the existence of the poll worker, who it really is. Uh, and all it is is that it's a, uh, 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 basically a post-it note saying, I believe I saw some people improperly counting ballots. Oh, did you? Okay, great. Uh, so that's your evidence. That got thrown out of court. <laughs> uh, and, and look, what about the so-called evidence of uh, Democrats bringing in suitcases full of ballots. Uh, that turned out to be nothing more than camera equipment. Look, the thing is, the reason that we haven't had any sort of ruling on voter fraud or any, you know, instances of massive amounts of ballots being rejected in these swing states is because their evidence doesn't exist. It is very, very flimsy. And so it's nothing more than the realm of conspiracy. And let me give you another example, right? In Arizona, in Arizona, there's a woman named Jill Stock, right? So Jill Stock is their so-called example, their smoking gun, that there is voter fraud, that people are going in and they're stealing the ballots, man, from people. Uh, and, they're, and they're making people vote twice uh, without their consent or without their knowledge, right? So she says, well, I, you know, I went to go uh, vote in person, but it turns out, I had already voted by mail, but wait, I don't remember voting by mail. My vote was stolen. Well, okay. Uh, so here's the thing about that. So they found the ballot, which indeed there was a ballot that was mailed and it had her exact signature. Now, either this is an incredible forgery or it was made up and that she had actually sent that ballot and then went to go vote uh, in a second time in person which is not uncommon for Trump supporters to attempt to do, which generally is the only voter fraud people tend to find, is the one the Republicans do themselves. So it is pretty interesting. Uh, and by the way, the fact that I, you know, that I can call it like super suspicious, super sus, why I think that she is lying about this is because when given the op uh, opportunity to certify 100% via a legal binding affidavit stating that my vote had been stolen via mail. She refused to sign it. She refused to sign it uh, and refused to certify that indeed her vote had been stolen. And so why would you not sign something like that? Why would you refuse to do that? And so understandably, there is no certifiable evidence of widespread voter fraud but of course tucker carlson likes to thread the needle a little bit he's not an he's not a dumb person he's actually a very intelligent uh person he knows how to do this he knows how to thread the needle and how to get enough people to believe that there is voter fraud it's just that we can't catch it and they also he also has a tendency to paint the left uh as uh saying things that they're not actually saying so there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Now, he'll go and say, well, the left says there's absolutely no voter fraud whatsoever. That's not entirely true. There are instances of voter fraud, but they are infinitesimally small and therefore are never enough to swing any sort of election. And so he also tries to appear reasonable in admitting that, well, yes, voter fraud exists and it's a massive problem, 
but it's not quite massive enough. But we should be really worried about it, and we should have Congress go and do a circus. Now, imagine, right? And here's the thing about this. You don't even have to imagine. You know why? Have you heard of the Trump Voter Fraud Commission? This was a Trump administration, and maybe he's counting on you to forget that this happened. But the Trump administration, the administration that is most vested in pushing the myth of voter fraud, of mass voter fraud, okay, had a commission made up of Republicans that were going in to specifically point out massive voter fraud. What did they find? Nothing. There were no massive results. And the whole thing, the whole exercise fizzled, withered on the vine. Because it's just not a major problem. Uh, and so, look, the thing is, Tucker Carlson knows this, but he's trying to save face, knowing that Donald Trump was unable to get mail-in ballots thrown out in Philadelphia. These are, again, illegal votes that were postmarked by November 3rd, and according to Pennsylvania law, were 100% valid. And in fact, look, a lot of states have different laws on when the ballot should be received and counted. And there were even Supreme Court cases in the run-up to the uh, election, November 3rd, to which the Trump administration had tried to challenge these states into not allowing these ballots to, uh, to be received by a certain deadline, to actually reduce the deadline. And they were successful in a couple, but unsuccessful in others like Pennsylvania. And look, the other thing is that you had a sheer, I mean, just a sheer amount of mail-in ballots that went for Biden could not be a surprise. Now, conservative media is especially, oh my God, look at how big the leads got after the election. Well, that's when, and again, the laws in states are different. Some states did not allow you to start counting mail-in ballots until after November 3rd, which of course, on election night, gave Donald Trump the appearance that he was winning in these states, which is just, again, what we call the red mirage. Once you started counting the ballots that were mail-in, that were heavily weighted towards Joe Biden, you had that change. But again, these uh, people who are sometimes savvier than you, sometimes, in a lot of cases not, because Donald Trump really generally believes that he won this, can come back and say, why the discrepancy? Why did that lead just evaporate overnight? Oh my God, how could that happen? How could it happen? It must be the deep state. It must be fraud, but it's not. It's not. Democrats voted overwhelmingly by mail. That's not a surprise. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that the, vo that the, the votes that were being counted after November 3rd by mail went overwhelmingly to Joe Biden. You know why Trump and conservative media told everyone not to vote by mail because it's rife with fraud, while, of course, Democrats, as a result of coronavirus, did vote by mail. And let me tell you, as somebody who voted absentee, it's fucking amazing. I will, ne I, I will never, never, unless I have to, vote in person ever again. Why? Because it's easy. It's fucking quick. There's no lines. There's no bullshit. There's no driving anywhere. No, you get your mail. You get your, your ballot in the mail after, of course, you request it. Uh, I'm in one of the states where you have to request a ballot. And so you give them, you know, you give them your information, uh, your social security number, your name, your address. So they can, of course, match it to make sure that you're not somebody who's requesting a fraudulent ballot. And then a couple days later, your ballot comes in the mail. You mark it. You put it in an envelope, uh, in a security envelope, and then you, uh, privacy envelope, that's what it is. And then you put it in your other envelope, you close it up, you, you sign it, you date it. Um, it. You know, if you have somebody that's filling it out for you uh, as a guardian, they have to sign that affidavit as well. And then you put it back in the mail or you drop it off. And that's it. That's it. And you didn't even have to worry about coronavirus. And so it makes sense. It is so much easier. It is so much faster. And that is the major problem. That is why they don't like this, because it actually gets people to vote more. It's so much easier 
And that is why they hate it, because it renders a lot of their voter suppression techniques invalid. Long lines? Don't worry about it. No long lines. Vote by mail. So now, if you're a busy person, you can fill it out. Five minutes, you're done. That's, of course, if you've done your research beforehand and who you want to vote for. If you didn't, well, that might take a little bit longer to figure out who you want to vote for. Then again, you could always vote straight ticket, depending on the state and locality you live in. And so, of course, different states, different rules with that as well, different elections. That said, there are effective safeguards at play here. That said, does voter fraud exist? Yes, it does. That said, it's the amount that you can prove. It is infinitesimally small as a result, uh, as a share of total ballots cast. The most likely incidences of what you could call fraud are usually a result of human errors, software issues, or people not following directions, which should, of course, be part of human error, but human error on the parts of, for example, ballot uh, people who count the ballots, election officials, etc. So I feel like it's kind of different, uh, but very rarely is this malicious. Sometimes, yes. Uh, in the part of voter uh, voter suppression, that is very malicious. Um, but out of millions of ballots, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, there have been a handful of cases of actual in-person voter fraud. And generally, it tends to be Republicans saying, I was just testing the system. Generally. Not always, of course. Um, and again, it's not the same as electoral fraud, which is an issue, like, for example, ballot stuffing. But then... Also, pretty rare. So, those are the facts. Tucker Carlson knows the facts. He's not a dumb person. But the facts just happen to not quite fit the narrative. And so, in a way, this is sort of his mea culpa. And saying, oh, well, I mean, there's voter fraud and it's super serious. Uh, super serial and we need to investigate it. Uh, but also, it's, it's Donald Trump didn't win. And that's why, of course, MAGA people are pissed they are boycotting tucker carlson's show as a result of this of all things snowflake Sad. maybe uh but look here's the other thing um i've got one more uh piece of video here uh from tucker carlson which is just some hilarious zen type of thing uh, but I want to show it to you anyway, because it's just great. Take a look. How do we fix it? How do we bring the country together? How do we calm things down? How do you want to, how do we make an America you want to live in? And the only answer, the only solution is honesty. Let's all stop lying. Lying about everything that matters. Every day of our lives. That's what we're doing now. Have you noticed? Well, I've noticed some people are lying. <laughs> Definitely some people, Tucker. I have uh, absolutely noticed that. Again, moment of zen. Enjoy. All right. There was a lot more that I could say about uh, Tucker Carlson. Um, you know, it, it, it just the whole thing about, oh, I, I, you know, I want transparency. Well, yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, I want hand-counted paper ballots. And I want to get away from those voting machines, which are vulnerable to hacking, but, you know, and get rid, uh, you know, get rid of the Electoral College as well. But, you know, that's stuff that uh, Tucker Carlson, I don't think, really wants to talk about. So there's that. All right. Anyway, let, let's move on. I think I got time here for one more. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is dismissing the results of the election. And he did so after a reporter uh, asked him this. Take a look. Uh, is the State Department currently preparing to engage with the Biden transition team? And if not, at what point does a delay hamper a smooth transition or pose a risk to national security? There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. 
right? We're, we're ready. The, the world is watching what's taking place here. We're going to count all the votes. When the process is complete, there'll be electors selected. There's a process. The Constitution lays it out pretty clearly. The world should have every confidence that the transition necessary to make sure that the State Department is functional today, successful today, and successful with the president who's in office on January 20th, a minute afternoon, will also be successful. All right. So that's funny. Uh, you're a funny guy, Mike Pompeo. You authoritarian monster. Real funny. Uh, look, the fact that he's smirking about it thinks that this is a joke. It's not a it's not a joke. It's democracy. I mean, the whole thing where he's like, oh, man, uh, it, it, it's it's, you know, <laughs> you know, we're getting ready for a smooth transition into Trump's second term. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? There are some legitimate concerns. The Trump administration with their refusal to concede the election. That they're trying to steal the thing. When you're not exactly giving people any sort of faith that you're not also in on trying to steal the damn thing. So, look, he knows. He's, he's fanning the flames. Of course, that's all they're doing. They're fanning the flames for their fan base, for the Trump fan base, to go and scream about voter fraud, it's voter fraud. And look, even if it's a joke, even as a joke, which, by the way, this guy's a joke, uh, he's still putting it into people's heads that the election is being stolen with mail-in ballots. I, again, talking about, oh, we're going to count all the legal ballots. Again, that's the rhetoric that they're using to basically say that, well, we don't believe that the mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, for example, because this is what they've been challenging, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, we don't think that they're legal we don't think that they're valid we don't think that they should count because if you take those away donald trump wins that's what that is but he knows and the thing is he's the secretary of state it it is deeply irresponsible for the secretary of state to do something like this again every vote should be counted absolutely if it is received by the time that it was supposed to be received by uh, and it was filled out properly and it, there should be, and it was verified, there should be no reason that you shouldn't count those votes. None at all. There's no evidence of widespread voter fraud, okay? There's no evidence to back up the fact, the, the, the idea uh, that Biden stole the election, that only, you know, Trump only lost because Trump's like super popular, which polls do not bear out, Um and, and, and that we only lost to Biden because the Democrats went out of their way to steal an election. Are you kidding me? Again, no evidence. And how do I know this, right? Uh, well, they've had ample opportunity to prove their case in court, to present that evidence. They also had, during the administration, a um, commission on voter fraud, which is supposed to uncover this vast... A network of fraudulent votes. And what happened? Well, they found nothing. They found not a bupkis dick. Nothing. Nothing. A sketchy YouTube video is not evidence. Okay? A post-it note, which they used in Michigan to try to prove their case, is not evidence. You've got to have something concrete. You've got to show up, and you've got to have receipts. They don't have the receipts. You've got to show something that the votes were tampered with. And, and, and they don't have it, or else they would have already presented it by now. It would have been presented in court, and you could say, oh, man, wow, look at that. Uh, wow, there's, there's your evidence of widespread. And it's not just proving one or two cases, too. And that's the other thing about this, right? You know, you could look at the amount of votes that were cast, in the last 10 years. And, you know, those are hundreds of millions of votes. And you could find maybe 10 cases of possible voter fraud. But only a couple of those, or I should say 10 allegations of credible voter fraud. And even then, maybe one or two of those actually resulted in a successful conviction. Because usually what happens is somebody makes a mistake on their ballot. So where's your widespread voter fraud? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. 
And again, if you want to look into irregularities, sure, that's fine. And if you do, usually you'll end up finding something that's human error or mechanical error or software. That's what happened in Michigan. Remember, there was a county in Michigan uh, that erroneously gave votes to Joe Biden. Now, Ronna McDaniel Romney, she goes and says, oh, my God, look, that's, that's voter fraud. No, that city is headed by a Republican. Uh, and they said, no, we had an error. It was human error. We have fixed it. And that's the thing. But they again, they're pointing to these irregularities as proof of a malicious plot to uh, you know overthrow Donald Trump. When in reality, always bet on stupid. Always bet on mistakes. Because usually that's what happens. Uh, but again, that's not stopping Republicans from trying to use this as a way to do, I think, a soft coup by making their followers have zero faith in the electoral process, which, again, could lead to st uh, evidence or not evidence, but uh, incidences of stochastic terrorism. Because if you say, oh, your vote doesn't matter, why, uh, you know, well, why would you count on the system? Because it's being stolen from you. America's being stolen from you. It's right before your eyes. Biden is stealing the election. The Democrats are stealing the election. The media is stealing the election from you. Well, then what are you going to do if, if, if you don't think your vote matters anymore? No, there's a couple of uh, things that you could do. Completely withdraw, which is not what Republicans want you to do. They want you to continue to vote, to vote in people like Mitch McConnell and John James and, you know, whatever conservative flunky but there's the other thing that you could do and that's grab your gun and we've already seen instances of that we've already seen people trying to uh, you know attempt to i mean kidnap the governor of michigan these armed militias these people who are absolutely batshit insane they don't believe that the system works anymore Tucker Carlson also sowing the seeds, and he has been doing so all along. These are Republican officials. Same thing. All they're, they're all saying, don't trust it. Don't trust the votes. Our system, our electoral system. Look, our electoral system has some major problems. I think the electoral college needs to go. It's undemocratic. It is a, it's an old slavery uh, you know, system. It's a system that is built around slavery or at the time of slavery. Um it needs to go. It's outdated. It's old. Uh, also, I believe that we do need to move away from some of these voting machines uh, that are susceptible to hacks, uh, that are privately manufactured, you know, by corporations that would have a, a vested interest, uh, possibly. Um, and we should do hand-counted paper ballots to verify election results. We should definitely do all of those things because there are issues with our voter system and there are issues that we can fix we can solve. Notice how Republicans, they never have real solutions. Their solutions always involve voter suppression. And so that's the other thing, denying people their rights to vote. And so getting back to Trump, however, uh, Donald Trump, look, here's the thing. Okay. What's funny about Trump and the people now that are saying, oh, my God, you can't trust the system. They seem to have trusted the system just perfectly last time, back in 2016, when they, I don't know, when they won. They're like, oh, accept the vote. You must accept it today. You must accept it now. Hillary Clinton, you must concede today. And they were getting pissed off and pissed off that she took, what, three days to concede? And then she, yes, she eventually did concede. Uh, and she said, look, she wasn't happy about it. Uh, but she never said the votes for fraudulent. There was the whole Russia thing, which is, you know, some elements of truth to it and a lot of spin and a lot of hyperbole uh, and a lot of ridiculousness involved in that. Um, but never did she say that the votes people cast were fraudulent. Whereas Trump, even though he won the Electoral College, he lost by 3 million votes, the popular vote. And he says, well, those, those don't count. Because I shouldn't have lost at all. No. No. Uh, and that, of course, uh, is as a result of him not understanding that he's a, an unpopular person and an even more unpopular president. Which leads to people like Lindsey Graham 
saying ridiculous stuff like this. Take a look. If Republicans don't challenge and change the U.S. election system, there'll never be another Republican president elected again. Never be a Republican ever uh, elected again if you don't change the system. And by change, they mean make sure that nobody votes by mail. Which before the election was a perfectly valid way of voting and is still a valid way of voting. And in fact, three Supreme Court justices that are now in the court that weren't uh, that actually worked on George W. Bush's uh, legal team in Florida actually said, no, we must count all the mail-in ballots because it happened to a favored George W. Bush at the time. And so there is, <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a rank hypocrisy in the Republican argument against these uh, kinds of ballots. Um, and look, Mitch McConnell is also saying things like. Uh, no states have certified their election results, which is true. We don't go through certification uh, until later. Uh, and so once those uh, uh, results are certified, then you're going to have the electors that go and meet. This is how the process works every time. So why are they making a big deal now? And say, oh, they're not certified. They're not certified. They usually don't get certified before, uh, you know, around this time. Usually it takes some time. And by then... There's been a concession by the other side. That has not happened this side. And so it's not happened this time. It's not happened this time. Uh, all right. And so you also had Trump appointee Emily Murphy, the administrator of the General Services Administration, blocking the transition of power from starting by refusing to issue the Biden team necessary documents. Sources familiar with the matter told the New York Times on Monday. So they're also doing this. They're just saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to have a transition of power at all. No, no, no. And so, I mean, what else can you call it than a soft coup? Uh, again, nobody likes a sore loser, right? The important thing here to remember is not how much of a baby Donald Trump is. It's the fact that there are people that are willing to go along with the coup. People like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Ronna McDaniel Romney, Mike Pompeo, and others, they know better. They all know better and yet are determined to undermine trust in our electoral system, in American democracy overall. And this is going to have negative effects that will ripple forward. Uh, I mean, you're gonna, you now have a significant amount of the country that is no longer interested in accepting the results of an election. Or listening to factual information as it gets reported by the media. Again, there are so many people that are angry at media sources. They're angry at Fox News, angry at CNN for calling Arizona, uh, Fox News for calling Arizona, sorry. And so, and angry at CNN for calling states for Joe Biden. That's why nobody wanted to make that first call, even though we knew it was over for Pennsylvania. And so that's a big, big, big problem. Okay, that's a huge problem in this country that's not going to go away when Donald Trump leaves office. Okay, and so we need to figure out how to restore trust, not only in the media. And I've got a few ideas on that, uh, but also to fix our electoral system so that people can get trust back in that as well. Uh, because in a democracy, if nobody trusts the electoral system anymore... Well, then what's to stop us from descending into outright violence? That is not a place where I want to go. Okay. Uh, I was going to do a, a story on farm workers, but I do not have time. Uh, I got a meeting that I am about seven minutes late to, so I got to go. Uh, thank you guys for going around the nation with me today. Uh, thank you for all the donations, super chats. Uh, you are all wonderful. Thank you for watching on Twitch. Uh, you're all awesome as well. Uh, I don't know if I uh, got any new subs. I'm still learning this layout, uh, but all of that stuff, I will uh, I will eventually get to know. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please like and share the stream. Please subscribe to the channel. Become a patron. Become a channel member. All that wonderful stuff. Love you guys. And remember, change begins with you. Good night, nation.
We'll see you later. Give me a break. It's like a shark. Nate out except the poop. Tighten up my knee. I like my knee tight. Mike Pounds. Why, 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.